Hello, everyone. It's been a while since we recorded an episode with Tennis with an Accent. This is Sakib. I've been hosting this for a while. Uh, so welcome to all the old and loyal listeners and also looking forward uh, for some new friends to tune in. And today we have a special guest uh, joining us from Madrid, uh, David Sanchez. Uh, he's been covering tennis uh, for quite some time. He has a new book that's coming out. And uh, most of who you are on Twitter who follow tennis day in, day out, you probably are aware of his tweets. And uh, he's a very informed guy and he keeps a good pulse on the tennis scene. Welcome, David. Hi, Sakeb. A pleasure. So just for the audience, some of them who may not be exactly familiar about the book and some of your uh, tennis writing, uh, just uh, tell us uh, what you've been up to. Yeah, we released Phil in Tennis. This is a title of uh, my first book. And uh, uh, with it, uh, we wanted to collect a compendium of my opinion columns uh, published here on the Spanish media and uh, Colombian media with uh, interviews uh, with people uh, from the tennis uh, environment and illustrations. And we have focused on the 2017 season uh, of Rafa Nadal and uh, Roger Federer. And uh, obviously, these uh, columns, uh, these opinion columns that uh, it will be contained at the book, uh, have a literacy, almost a poetic uh, character, and uh, I think it's uh, it's good uh, from uh, for tennis. Yes, I mean that uh, people from tennis here in Spain they are not used to uh, uh, this uh, kind of columns. Uh, this opinions column, as I told you, have a literacy and almost poetic uh, character, and uh, we have completed a crowdfunding uh, campaign. Uh, this month in, in December, uh, we needed two point thousand euros in order to be able uh, just to edit the book and to publish it, and it will be available uh, April or May two thousand and eighteen. Okay, so I understand the book is going to be in Spanish. So I, I'm sure there's like a decent amount of Spanish listeners who tune into this podcast. So stay tuned when David's book is released. So is the book a, a comparison of the Federer and Nadal, the season they have in 2017, or it's uh, just about their careers? Yeah, it's about uh, only the 2017 uh, uh, season. I think this uh, was a special season, uh, you know, a vintage season, as I uh, told uh, uh, last January. And uh, I think uh, the book is uh, is special, special about the illustrations, uh, special about the opinion columns, as I told you. Okay, fair enough. So, David, you think uh, you know, you know, age will catch up with you know, you know, most athletes. And right now, Roger Federer did a phenomenal job, and Nadal had one of his best seasons in a while and ended year as number one. So, do you think these guys can still you know play a dominating role in 2018 if you were to look far ahead? Well, I think it will be difficult. Obviously, Federer told media uh, in Perth uh, here uh, to play the Hotman Cup that it will be difficult to uh, to repeat the uh, 2017 season. Um, but I, I think this uh, this time uh, we have uh, not to think about uh, the future. We have to enjoy the present, uh, and the present is this: uh, Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal uh, has still alive. Uh, most of us <laughs> they thought that uh, it wouldn't be easy, but uh, Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer came back last year, and uh, I think it's it's top, it's marvelous, and it's a wonderful moment from tennis and from the tennis spectators, and we have to enjoy and not think about the, the future. Uh, one more question about Federer. I know you are part of uh, the Spanish media. You know you do a lot of writing. Uh, what is Federer's fan base and what is how is Federer received in Spain? I know uh, it's the country of his big rival, mm -hmm. but how is the uh, 
the Federer fandom or, you know, how the press treats Roger Federer? Well, you know, you know, Rafa Nadal is a top player here in, in Spain uh, because of his uh, career, obviously. But uh, Roger Federer is considered as a top player here. Uh, Spanish uh, people uh, loves him. I mean, uh, when, you, when you came here to the Madrid Open, uh, and you think uh, and you see is, uh, a Federer just training uh, on the training courts, uh, it's almost empty, and <laughs> just because uh, the population uh, wants to to see Roger Federer. And obviously, has, uh, the, the Spanish uh, public uh, loves uh, Roger Federer uh, also, uh, and Rafa Nadal too. So let's switch to Nadal. I know he withdrew from Brisbane. Uh, what is uh, what is your take on his injury? How serious it is, and does his fans should be concerned, or is he going to withdraw more, or what is the status of the knee right now? Well, uh, you said it, uh, Rafa Nadal has uh, withdrawn for the next week uh, to pay tournament here in uh, Brisbane. But he says he still plans to play the Australian Open. Um, uh, the one I want to get longer off season, uh, break than unusual to rest his uh, injured knee and went to Barcelona a week ago to again see the doctor about the injury. And uh, we don't know uh, how Rafa Nadal is right now, but I think Rafa Nadal will play the Australian Open just because he traveled to Australia. Uh, maybe um, it will be difficult to to have uh, the same sensations like a 2017 season, but I think uh, Rafa Nadal will play the, the, the Australian Open, even though he has withdrawn uh, from the Brisbane tournament. And uh, there's a lot of talk, you know, because of these big four, big three players. Uh, there's a lot of comparison. A lot of fans and a lot of media speculation is that how Roger Federer uh, has, you know, planned his later part of his career by skipping some tournaments and taking breaks. Do you see, we can see a pattern like that with Nadal or even Djokovic in the coming year or they can start playing a limited schedule to stay at the top? Obviously, obviously, <laughs> I think uh, Roger Federer has a good preparation for this schedule. He has thought uh, a lot with his uh, trainers about uh, the, the schedule. And Rafa Nadal has to do the same. Uh, we know that Rafa Nadal uh, will play um, 18 tournaments this year, I think. And um, we'll see in the next couple of years if uh, this can reduce or not. But uh, obviously, uh, they, they have to, to reduce her, her calendar, her schedule. Uh, because of uh, their age, uh, we know that Roger Federer has a 36 years old, and Nadal 31, 32 this year in, in 2018, and it will be difficult to to follow up uh, with this uh, with this kind of uh, schedule, just because of the Grand Slam preparation and even longer. And uh, we know that Rafa Nadal uh, has a lot of problems on his knees. Uh, we saw it at Wimbledon last year, and uh, it will be uh, difficult to to perform like the 2017 season this year and the next couple of years. And obviously, they have to reduce their schedules. And their big rival, Novak Djokovic, you know, who I think is the talk of the town, at least uh, for me, he is the biggest comeback story with no disrespect to Wawrinka, Murray and Nishikori. Mm -hmm. So Djokovic is where all the focus is. And today, unfortunately, he had to withdraw uh, from the exhibition tournament, uh, citing an elbow injury. And uh, how do you see uh, him? Uh, now, of course, we know that he's injured again, but, you know, a day before he was the talk of the town and most people were thinking, uh, if he's anywhere close to his best, he will be one of the top favorites uh, at Australian Open. 
Yeah, obviously we don't know about uh, the Novak Djokovic's uh, uh, real performance uh, just because, uh, as you said, uh, he has withdrawn uh, today uh, from the Abu Dhabi exhibition. But Novak Djokovic said he plans to to play a full season as his returns from this uh, elbow injury that has uh, kept him off uh, since tour since last uh, Wimbledon. And the server is aiming to get back to the top of the game, but he's also paying questions uh, about the starting um, of his uh, comeback. We know that Novak Djokovic's uh, uh, will play uh, Doha and the Australian Open. Uh, we still know that, but uh, the Novak Djokovic uh, team uh, has uh, communicated today that uh, the staff will take uh, a decision in the next couple of years if we play Doha and the Australian Open. But uh, it's difficult to predict uh, the real state of uh, Novak Djokovic uh, just because uh, he doesn't play since uh, the last Wimbledon, as I told you. And uh, it's difficult. It's difficult and it's, uh, it may be dangerous uh, just because we don't know uh, the real the real state of uh, Novak Djokovic uh, ahead into the uh, next uh, Australian Open, as we don't know the real performance of Rafa Nadal, as we don't know the real performances of Novak Djokovic. As I told you, it's uh, it's difficult to predict that. And uh, there are other players as well uh, coming back from injury, and you know it'll be a very interesting Australian Open with a lot of guys coming back on the men's side, especially. Uh, uh, how, how do you see the tournament? I know it's like good three weeks away. Uh, who, who who are some of the players who think will make a good run at the Australian Open? Uh, is it Dimitrov, Goffin? Uh, who, who's on your radar? Well, uh, we'll see last year that uh, it was unexpected. <laughs> Roger Federer and Rafa Nadal final at the, at the Melbourne Park. And uh, yes, as you, as you told you, uh, as you told me, sorry, uh, Grigor Dimitrov is one of the of the top players I consider that uh, can uh, do a good performance at the Melbourne Park. Uh, Dimitrov enjoyed a breakfast season last year, winning the Brisbane title uh, before doing. Uh, the semi-final, I think, uh, in the Australian Open, yeah, uh, with Nadal, and uh, he he won also Sofia title, I remember, and he's made in the first uh, Master One Thousand in Cincinnati, and also obviously the ATP finals in in London last year. And uh, I think another you know, uh, Grigor Dimitrov uh, will uh, will be good at this uh, Australian Open. Is uh, one of uh, my favorite uh, top players. Uh, uh, Zverev is uh, one of uh, one of them also, and uh, TM could be could be. I don't think uh, TM uh, had a uh, clay court season uh, which uh, was uh, very good. Final in uh, Barcelona, final in the Mutual Madrid Open against uh, Rafa Nadal, a good performance in Roland Garros, but not still at the hard court uh, season. So, uh, Grigor Dimitrov, I think, uh, and Esverev, and obviously you have to take into account it's all, uh, these guys, these top players, uh, Djokovic, uh, Mari, and uh, Rafa Nadal, and Roger Federer, even though they are uh, with injuries. So, another question I have here is uh, about this uh, you know, top Spanish player, Roberto Batista Agut. Uh, he doesn't play like a you know, typical you know. Uh, uh, you know what a typical Spanish player has been in the past, and he's I think easily the second best player after Nadal for a very long time now. So, what is uh, his relation with the press in Spain, and how do the fans look at Batista Agut? 
Okay. Uh, well, you know, here in Spain, Nadal is the top player, obviously, <laughs> just because of his career and because of his uh, enormous and huge uh, marks in in every tournament. But uh, Roberto Bautista good is growing up here in the press media. I mean, uh, he made a, a good season last year, and uh, step by step, uh, <laughs> it's maybe it's maybe what I, I told to you. Uh, just because Roberto Bautista is is one of the best uh, Spaniard. Uh, tennis player in the world, and not only uh, Rafa Nadal are uh, here in in Spain, but uh, step by step, I, I know uh, Roberto Batista has uh, chances uh, to to perform well this season, as Pablo Carreño Busta uh, did uh, last season. I remember the U.S. Open semi-final against Kevin Anderson, and a, a huge performance for the Spaniard also. But uh, this kind of uh, of players has uh, growing step by step, as I told you. And uh, what do you uh, make of uh, what to expect for the veterans like uh, David Ferrer and uh, Fernando Verdasco, who I think just got married recently? So mm-hmm. how how long do you see these guys uh, on the tour? Uh, they seem to be still loving the tennis. Yeah, uh, David Ferrer, uh, well, it's difficult to predict that uh, just because of his age, uh, just because of his, a lot of uh, injuries during the, the, the last season. And Fernando Badasco, uh, we'll see after after he's married with uh, with Anna Boyer uh, here in this, uh, these holidays. Uh, we'll see about his level. Also, Feliciano Lopez, recent uh, new tournament director here at the Multiple Madrid Open. Um, uh, we'll see at, uh, at Australia. Fernando Badasco did a good performance in Australia. Australia, uh, last 2009, remember the semifinal, the five-hour semifinal against uh, Rafa Nadal. But uh, David Ferrer, I think it will be difficult. This uh, this kind of uh, a player uh, used to uh, compete well at the Clayker season, not at the Hacker season. Uh, and, and Spain also has a very good uh, women's tennis player, Garbina Muguruza. So in the Nadal, you know, obsessed Spain, uh, what is Muguruza? the popularity and how well is she received in Spain? Yeah, obviously, Gabriela Mogordes is one of uh, our top players at the WTA Tour. Uh, she won uh, Wimbledon, uh, like you know, um, I think William Bogorutha still uh, grow up, uh, will grow up in the future. And uh, here in, in Spain, he he have a, he has a, a good popularity. I mean, William Bogorutha clinched the second Grand Slam title of his career uh, at Wimbledon, defeating Venus Williams. It's it's difficult to beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon. William Bogorutha made last season, and here the press. Um, the press uh, well uh, were well uh, with uh, her, and uh, the 24 uh, years old became the first player to beat both of uh, Williams' sister in a Grand Slam final. Do you remember she won the Cincinnati title and reached the semifinal of Werder at the Brisbane, Rome, Birmingham, Stanford, and Tokyo? And also she climbed into the world number one after the U.S. Open to become the the 40 no the, sorry the 24th player in the weighted history to do so. And uh, I consider that Gavinia Muguruza, after the, the press conference on in Roland Garros, that she cried in front of the, the media, she changed her mind, uh, and she was into London with a, with a different uh, mind. Uh, I think it was uh, the key, the key for, for her. And the Spanish media and the Spanish uh, public, uh, I think uh, they are concerned about Gavinia Muguruza growing up. And uh, even she is uh, a regular, from my point of view, uh, I think in the next future she will be the the number one again. And uh, I know again with the, we keep going back to Nadal's success and uh, Moya won there. 
uh, Roland Garros is pretty special, I think, uh, in Europe and especially, you know, uh, in Spain. Uh, how how special is Nadal or Muguruza winning Wimbledon uh, for the Spanish public? Yeah, obviously, it was a special, especially Rafa Nadal with that Bethima. Uh, it was uh, difficult uh, for, for, for him uh, just because of the injuries of the 2016 season. Even though this special moment with uh, Tony Nadal at the Philippe Chatrier court. And then uh, the Gamilla Muguruza title at Wimbledon obviously was, was special. I remember I was commentating on it uh, on radio here at uh, Radio Marca, the, the, uh, the Gamilla Muguruza's title on, on Wimbledon. It was, it was uh, huge. Uh, yeah, it was marvelous and wonderful for the, for the public. And even we need that uh, a girl like Gamilla Muguruza won a, a Grand Slam in order to the Spanish public that only think about Rafa Nadal start to think now about the WTA Tour and Gavinia Muguruza again. Uh, before we wrap this up, uh, I know you covered the Mutua Madrilina uh, Open in Madrid. Uh, mm -hmm. how's, uh, how's that experience uh, for you? And uh, if you want to share some uh, with some of our fans who may travel to that tournament, uh, just talk about that tournament. Yeah, uh, the Magic Box is, uh, is an incredible, it's an incredible uh, to uh, tournament and place to to play tennis. I think one of the best uh, stadiums of the ATP Tour. And uh, as a journalist, is is always special, uh, yes, uh, because of the tennis atmosphere that creates here in in Madrid. And as a journalist, as I told you, uh, it's it's special just because uh, we have here Rafa Nadal, Gavinia Muguruza, even top players uh, that we are not used to see here in uh, in madrid and uh, a lot of hours uh, just working <laughs> as you can imagine but uh, it's a good experience uh, from journalists and, and from the public uh, who came here into the magic box um it's just a week with a lot of pressure just a week with a lot of work for us but uh, a special week and for fans like myself, if I ever make the trip, uh, how far is this uh, tournament from the Madrid airport? How do you get to this tournament? Is there train or bus service? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, when you can here into Madrid Airport, uh, you can uh, take the underground and uh, with the underground in line three, it's uh, easy just because the the metro the uh, in the underground station uh, leaves you ten fifteen minutes from the magic box. Okay, uh, that's really nice, David, to give us uh, some of these, uh, you know, tourist tips. It was really nice talking to you, and hopefully we'll talk again as this uh, intriguing 2018 season starts. A lot of questions, you know, again, you know, going back to fitness of many players. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back here once your book is released and we can talk more about it. Okay, so, thank you, Sakeb. Thanks for joining us on Tennis Thank Earth. you. A pleasure.